Welcome back, everybody, to the Sing Second Pod. Uh, the four of us have uh, ended our, our Christmas celebrations with our families and now are, are ready to rejoin our, our Sing Second family. So hopefully we still have a, a few of you guys out there listening. We're bringing gifts to the listener right here. These are our gifts? Yep. Merry Christmas. All right. Well, this would be four wise men, though. Oh, so. <laughs> four wise men. Or who's who's the baby Jesus in this situation? Andy. 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 I was just gonna say that too. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're we're kind of enjoying watching the the listens and the downloads actually rack up beyond the number of cousins and aunts and uncles that we have. So thanks for listening. Uh, it's actually getting a little bit easier to listen to us. We are on Stitcher Radio. We're on Apple Podcasts now. We're everywhere. We're infecting the nation right now. So. We'd love to hear feedback from you, what you like, what you don't like for our first episode. Here's our second episode. Might be a bit of a marathon here, uh, but the crew's back together. So, Andy, what's good? You know, now that the holiday festivities are over, uh, we can really settle into some really quality board games. That's what I'm excited about. Brandon, what are you excited for? I'm excited for being able to watch 24 hours of a Christmas story <laughs> and drinking uh, eggnog out of the carton. When Angie's not looking at me, I drink it out of the carton. That's what's good with me. Do you actually drink eggnog? Yeah. You do? Yeah. Like the, you know, like the grocery store. Where yeah. Like with the milk. Do you, how many times do you watch a Christmas story? Yeah. What, what are All your guys' What are your guys' opinions on the Christmas story? Very overrated. I like that it, it, when I was a kid, I hated it. But then as I got older, I started liking it more. And uh, I, I don't think I watched it one time through it all. Yeah. But through the course of the day, I watched yeah. it all. A lot of good parts. Mean? Yeah, yeah, like every little part, there's like, oh, that's a classic moment. That's a classic that, moment. You that know? movie was old when we were young <laughs> watching it, though. Yeah. Which, I don't know. Well, so on Hulu TV, plug there for Hulu TV, we, uh, it's on four channels. So it has like TNT East, TNT West, and TBS East, TBS West. So it's on there four times for 24 hours. And talk about a waste of like three other channels. At, the, at 8 o'clock when it was over, I was like, and well, Christmas is over now. That It's over. <laughs> it's honestly not Christmas to me unless you are you watch at least 20 minutes of Ralphie four different yeah. times throughout the day. <laughs> I agree. I totally agree. That actually, does anyone want to ask me what's good? I was, well, I was going to. I didn't know. I was, okay. What's good, Danny? Danny? What's good? Be- now that you ask. what I just found out is good is Tim Allen in Christmas movies, which... The Santa Claus is top three favorite just Christmas movie. Oh, yeah. So I watched most of the most of the Santa Claus, and then I was in that kind of like uh, early 2000s kind of cheesy Christmas movie vibe. So I watched Christmas with the Cranks. Oh yeah, that's a pretty good one. And it was it was really good. And Tim Allen just he was in Christmas movie mode there for a while, I guess. That was his thing. But uh, yeah, I was gonna ask you guys any under the radar Christmas movies you caught in the last couple of weeks you wanted to mention. Because it's always National Lampoons for me. Yeah. That. Who's who's in National? Are you kidding me? Chevy Chase? You know? I just know him from Community of the Fat. Oh my. It's not going in our yard, Russ. It's going in our living room. I can't tell if he's serious. 
Are you serious? Like I've never seen. I, I know the movie, but I've never seen it. You never oh. seen Christmas no, Vacation? Never seen oh, it's classic. That's that's my all-time favorite Christmas movie right there. All the all of the great Christmas movies seem old. Like are there like what's the most mo- like most recent? Has to be Frozen. Is is that a Christmas movie? There's uh, snow. Never seen it. Well, I mean is it Elf? Is Elf the most recent like one that we would say is recent? Yeah, I I would say yeah. most people would say Frozen, but Elf is high up there. My yeah. favorite's Home Alone. Oh, uh, Home Alone's classic too. I love Home Alone. Home Alone two is garbage though. Oh, easy. Ooh, why? 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 The lady with all the pigeons is just disgusting and <laughs> just doesn't need to be in a movie. Like if he wants to get lost in New York, great. But there's so many other characters that he could run into. But but it's just a weird lady. There's there's a theme with the two Home probably Alone have movies, lots of diseases. <clears throat> there's a theme with the two movies where. There's a character that he's afraid of at the beginning of the movie yeah. that then befriends him and actually ends up saving. I could his have had better ideas. Um, Give me one. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, not feeling creative right now. So well, I guess. Well, I guess it's just pigeon lady. <laughs> so there we have it. Yeah. But anyway, Tim Allen Christmas movies. I think Tim Allen just in good. general is good. I just rewatched Home Improvement on on Hulu. It holds up. I think Tim Allen just period. I like Last, Last Man Standing. Last Man Standing. Yeah. It's solid. It's yeah. solid. Yeah. So. That's a good tangent there, Dwayne. So, yeah. Sing Second Podcast, pro Tim Allen. All right. Let's yeah. try to get him on here. Sometime. Yeah. He's, he's Republican. I'm, I'm almost certain of that. So. He's a Michigan sports fan. Yeah. You know, he's always got the Michigan colleges and stuff Detroit and home Lions. improvement. Yeah, but he uh, and 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 last man standing, he he's from Denver, yeah, so he's yeah, he's a Colorado slash Michigan fan. Pretty cool. But, Plus, uh, his outnumbered living in Colorado. Yeah. <clears throat> well, thanks for asking, Danny. What's good with me? Uh, <laughs> I'm I'm actually here's what's good on my neck of the woods. I'm actually glad to still be a part of the Sing Second podcast now can give you a little bit of a backstory and and we're going to get into our, our coin flips here in a second but uh, as this was happening I, I kept getting pictures from a variety of different people as this coin flip was going on and me as one of the four members of the sing second podcast I thought I would have actually been a part of that but no as these three guys were out to lunch one day they decided to do this coin flip without me so I'm going to let Danny get into the, the doings of that on, on uh, a, a second segment that we have. But another, another reason why I'm so glad to be part of the podcast is uh, we started getting these emails about the founding members kind of publicizing uh, the Sing Second podcast to our, to our school, to, our, to the school that we uh, teach at. And, our employers. Yeah, our employers. And... It was interesting because it said, if you enjoy listening to the podcasts, uh, Brandon and Andy have a great podcast called Sing Second. And so, Danny, I just kind of wanted to get your opinions on how that made you feel. Hurtful at first, but I'm actually kind of okay with it. I would be fine with um, this being considered Brandon and Andy's thing. <laughs> and then I just show up and you know talk some nonsense. But, yeah, hurtful at first. Uh, I don't know where they would have gotten that idea. Like if they know about the podcast, obviously somebody has been talking to them about the podcast, 
And so I'm assuming one of these guys <laughs> just went and took credit all, you know, themselves for starting up this thing and conveniently left us out. But Well, to be fair, though, Brandon and I do have Birchler roots. And so it just hadn't made it upstairs yet that you guys might have actually been on the podcast per se. As far as my name, if that's being the excuse, in it, I'm I'm still hurt then. Yeah. <laughs> as far as my name being brought in, I figured it's because I'm the least talented, and so they said that name just to boost my confidence a little bit and to, you know, help me have a little swagger going into our, into our production. How's your confidence? Is it boosted? Uh, prior to it, it was probably at a two or three, but now it's at about a four. Four. It's moving up. Is it higher or lower than that Wyoming, Georgia State watchability on ESPN? Well, it's lower because that is going to be a watchable <laughs> game. A watchable game. Kyle, are you just airing grievances right now? Is this, uh, a little bit. And that's what, what Festivus. Yeah. Festivus for the rest of us. <laughs> it, well, I didn't realize it does take three members of a podcast to flip a coin. Well, we, didn't, we didn't need the fourth. And it was really more of the, the thought that counted when I, I was excited to see what this coin had to say since it was going to probably be the, the best of the picks, and I didn't even know it was going on. So I just want to kind of say this on the front end. We're about a third of the way through the bowl games, and, and the standings are tight. If I happen to lose to the coin, I'm, I'm going to call BS. I'm going to call shenanigans, and – and I'm not really going to take any any other punishment that might come with it because I really don't even know if, if if this was a fair coin. So I'm just putting that out there. It was a nickel, and I thought a quarter <laughs> would be easier to manipulate to make bad picks. And I I was scared the moment. Talk about overlooking your opponent. I saw that nickel, and I was like, it's going to be tougher than what the experts thought. And that brings us to our current standings uh, for our bull pickums. <laughs> You can find them on Twitter. Uh, we, we try to update that every every few days. But as we stand, prior to the Independence Bowl that is actually being played as we record, Brandon is at 6-5. and five. I just want to remind people this is not against the spread. This is just picking winners. Brandon is at 6-5. and five. Danny is actually in the lead at 8-3. and three. That's right. Uh, Andy is tied with Brandon for last place at 6-5. and five. Last place, meaning they are currently losing to this coin. <laughs> and I am actually currently tied with the coin at seven and four apiece. My picks are worth less than five cents. <laughs> so if you're listening to this for my picks, don't stop. All so right. you guys that are currently getting beat by the coin, what went wrong so far? Anything? Are you still confident? It's early. There's only been 11 games played. I like to finish strong. The early ones, you never quite know how it's gonna how it's gonna turn out with those bowl games. So that's my that's my stance. Yeah, I'm just a little disappointed. Uh, Kent State beat Utah State. Utah State had Jordan Love, who people are saying could be the you know a, a pretty high profile quarterback potentially at the next level. Or at least draftable. If Utah State does their job, you know, I have one more point. May I guess I blame maybe some of the schools, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And then, and the, then players? the coin. Yeah. <laughs> I blame the players and then the coin and some other things that I probably am not thinking of right now. And then myself last, I guess. Bo Pelini used to blame the players a lot. <laughs> well, boy, did he win nine games a year. Yeah. So if you haven't caught on by now, uh, listeners out there, 
um, we decided, or it was kind of a joke maybe in the, in the last episode, that um, some of these games might as well be a coin flip. And so we went ahead and flipped a coin for every single game, uh, picking a winner to see which of us can outsmart a coin. Um, and one of us, I, one of us. Has. I mean, you should be able to, right? Like, we're not picking against the spread, so you're just picking winners of these games. Wouldn't you think that you could pick better than just a 50-50? Well, Dan, we get it. You're the only one beating the coin, so when you say you, you should probably just use I. I'm not even bragging yet either. I'm just saying, hypothetically, wouldn't would you guys assume that, that you know, hosts, like hosts think, of yeah. a national podcast I about watch, college football should I probably – we're not splitting atoms. I'm just trying to pick a game. You know, it should be easy. should be easy. So, yeah, Kyle Kyle gave you the standings as of right now. We'll, we'll keep those updated, but we just kind of thought it would be a fun thing to, to see how we stacked up. And I was, I'm actually impressed. Coin is 7-4 and four so far. Had a nice run of five straight games being correct, I think, there early. And, and so uh, if you guys actually think that you can beat the experts or at least beat the coin – uh, go ahead and either tweet us or, or email your picks to us. And we haven't really quite figured out how we're going to kind of judge these. Uh, but if we, fi- if we decide that one person has uh, kind of outdone the rest, if one person above all else is going to stand, stand taller, uh, we're going we're gonna to try to get, some, get that one person maybe a little show swag once we, uh, once we actually get some show swag. So if you feel like playing along with us, go ahead, shoot us an email, send us a, send us a text if you are on that kind of level with any of us, and, and let's, let's try to get some cool stuff out there uh, to our nationwide uh, viewership here. Um, could, be a, could be a coffee mug, a t-shirt, car decal. We, we really haven't dove into what our first show swag is going to be. You guys have any suggestions? Sounds like you're already working on it. We're getting mugs. <laughs> Mugs. Well, I'm not a coffee drinker, so mugs are probably low on the list. I have some Blake pennants. I just need to find a way to put some stuff on those pennants that doesn't involve me drawing on them with a Sharpie. (laughs) All right, so you guys ready to get into some games right now? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. To the moment everybody's come for, our expert opinions on the bowl season's biggest games. Uh, We'll leave our much-anticipated semifinal picks to the end. Uh, but much like the last time, we each picked a game that we might think is the most entertaining of all the rest. So we're going to start with Andy. Andy, you have the Baylor-Georgia game. Georgia's a six-and-a-half-point favorite here. You could actually make the case that these are the best two teams not to make the Final Four in the playoffs. Uh, Andy, do you think the Bears can earn some of that respect across the nation, or does the SEC reign supreme? Well, <clears throat> so with the Sugar Bowl, I takes place the 1st of January at 8.45, so prime time slot there. Um, what's noticeable with Georgia is they're always flirting with that top four. Um, when Mark Rick was there, they were always that third team in the SEC conversation, no matter what, whether it be the BCS era or uh, here in the playoff system. Um, <clears throat> a couple years ago, they snuck in and made the Final Four and then uh, ended up maybe making it into the finals before losing to Alabama. Um, but they've always been close. Uh, this year, they have a bad loss to South Carolina, and that loss kind of came right in the middle of the season when, um, you know, it was kind of theirs for the taking. 
Uh, but they do have wins uh, at home against Florida and then at Auburn. So, so no bowl wins there. Uh, but they did not play LSU or Alabama, some of those, the, the true blue bloods of the SEC. Um, and then they end up losing the SEC championship by seven to Ole Miss. Um, they're a balanced offense. They want to run the ball. Uh, when they rely on Jake Fromm to throw the ball, they are not very good. That's when they run into trouble. Uh, Baylor, however, um, they've had quite the turnaround. A couple years ago, they were 1-11, almost 0-12. And then we're six and six, right around that area last year. And then now they're um, at the top of the Big Twelve with Oklahoma. So Matt Rule there, um, home run hire if you ask me. Uh, he's always in the contention for every NFL job that you hear on all the other non-sports podcasts. Um, anywho, uh, but Baylor, uh, one of the more surprising stats is they have 30, turn uh, 30 takeaways on the year. And so that's, that's a heck of a lot of turnovers. Now, their schedule has not been nearly as good um, as Georgia's. And so I can't help but pick Georgia just because last year in this game, Texas ended up beating Georgia, and I just don't think they let that happen a, a second time. So picking Georgia, maybe even to cover that six-and-a-half-point spread. Uh, it's a tough matchup between the two. I'm always underwhelmed with Georgia at the end of football seasons, I think. And uh, Baylor, Matt Rule, I kind of think he was worthy of the coach of the year, even though they, they didn't beat Oklahoma any of the times, but they played them close. I think Baylor's going to win in this one. I'm going with them. And, uh, oh, Rule, you know you know where he came from, right? Was he an owl? <laughs> Temple Owls. So he's going to bring that Temple toughness, and I think they're going to win this one. Is this year one for him? I know there are, there are no dumb questions. Year, year three. Year three. Okay. One Thank in you. 11 his first year, then right around 500, and now not 500. I heard on ESPN today that he could be going to the Cowboys. They said that last year, too. Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> Don't go there. <laughs> is it just me, or is this like the second time in a row where Andy has seemed to pump up one team <laughs> majorly? Like, if I was listening to this, you got to be thinking, oh, Andy's picking Baylor. Andy's picking Baylor. And then he comes not and just. so fast. And then he comes with the Lee Corso not so fast and picks picks Georgia. It's an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> I just wish, I know this is obviously an audio thing, but if we could, like, fake have a mascot head that everybody in our audience could not see, because that would be well worth our time. I don't know if your house is big enough for the <laughs> 300 football programs that you want to talk about on this for their mascot head. <laughs> Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll shoot my pick out here. In my opinion, Baylor played two tough games, played the same team twice, and managed to lose to them both times. So I really don't think that, that they're kind of ready to step up to that big matchup. I guess they, they could say that they're, they're leading up to one big game, but I'm taking Georgia. I just don't think, I don't think Baylor has enough horses. It'd be fun to see a Baylor win, I think. Uh, but I'm going with Georgia. I think they've probably just got the more solid team and uh, going to get the win, finished off a, a pretty good season. Our next game is brought to you by Danny. Danny has Minnesota with row your own damn boat, P.J. Fleck, playing against Auburn in the Outback Bowl, Auburn favored by seven. Danny, you got to watch Minnesota smoke your beloved Huskers. Do you believe in the Gophers? Or what makes you like this game? 
Yeah. Um, if you know me personally, you know that I kind of have a hatred for P.J. Fleck. Um, I, he's in his third season of, of rowing the boat, um, and I just find it annoying. I think it's, it's a cult of personality type of thing. Um, I think he wants everybody to, to think he's super humble. Uh, but really, if you pay attention, it's always all about him, the way, the way he dresses, the way he's sprinting up and down the sidelines. Um, I, I just find him annoying. He had a, a reality show. Was it on the Big Ten Network? Did anybody watch that? Before he even started his first season coaching them, he had his own reality show. And um, I, wish, I wish the Huskers uh, were better so that we could um, kind of make him feel some pain. Uh, that's not happening right now. And to be honest, by the end of the season, I was rooting for him. Um, I, I wanted to see them in, in the Big Ten championship game. Uh, I, wanted, I wanted them to beat Wisconsin. I don't really know why. Um, it just kind of flipped. Still don't like P.J., uh, but liked the team. Auburn is probably the stronger team, I would have to say. Uh, pretty solid season. Uh, according to Pat Forty, I can't uh, take this as my own research because I don't do research. Uh, he says Auburn has have played five teams better than anyone the Gophers have played. I think they just have a stronger schedule. I think they've been in uh, big games more than, than maybe an inexperienced Minnesota team. Uh, my friend Andy over here, he likes to give advice. Um, he only reminds me of the advice he gives me when he's right. He tends to forget about the, the bad advice he gives me. Uh, but he told me uh, that Minnesota hasn't been in these big games, hasn't, have, haven't proven themselves, um, and that Auburn was a stronger team and is going to get this win. So I'm picking Auburn here. What do you guys got? Sounds like Danny might be kind of a closet P.J. Fleck fan. I've never known anybody who apparently hated somebody so much but yet knew so much about him. Uh, I'm going with, with Minnesota and those fighting gophers. Andy? Really? You think Minnesota's going to win? Why not? Okay. Uh, if you look at my picks, and I don't even know why, it's not like I ride or die for the Big Ten, but those are the teams that I typically yeah. get to watch the most. So, I don't know. I kind of have a little Big Ten bias, and – I've I've always liked Auburn, but I don't know. They just they've haven't really ever done it for me in the, all of those games that you said that they've played that are better than anybody Minnesota's played. Could you tell me their record in those games? Because I can't imagine it's it's very good. They lost to Florida, LSU, and Georgia. They lost to some pretty darn good teams. Yeah, so they've lost to those teams. They've proven that they can lose to teams. Have they proven that they can actually beat anybody that's decent? Mm. And so. Alabama, are they in the playoff this year? We'll talk about them later. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, but look at Minnesota. They their big win was against Penn State. That's their big win on on the season. Penn State's good. No, but then when they played Wisconsin for the right to go to the Big Ten championship, and all this emotion on the line, they came out flat and just got punched. That's the one I thought they were gonna. I thought they were gonna win. Yeah, I, and I told you otherwise. Yep. Hey, like. Like I said, I'm going Minnesota. You guys can can fight over the the Auburn Tigers. Andy, who do you got? Uh, I love Gus Malzahn's offense. I love the jet sweep inside zone underneath the quarterback uh, run game attached to it. So I'm going Auburn. I really like Auburn's style of offense, but uh, I think of Auburn as the worst of the good <laughs> SEC teams. You know, before. It, you know what I'm trying to say. Are they a good, bad team, or are they a bad, good team? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure yet. 
And so they played, they played some tough games, um, but I just don't know. I don't know about them in this bowl game. And with uh, Minnesota, that offensive line for them looked really good at times this year. Um, playing, I know Nebraska wasn't very successful this year, but playing against Nebraska, I was like, wow, this Minnesota offensive line looks kind of like what Ohio State's offensive line did. And I think Minnesota being one of the top Big Ten teams is going to be better than a, a very average SEC team. So I'm going to go Minnesota in this mm. one. Interesting stuff. And just to be fair, we have five uh, pickers in this, and we haven't given Coin Flip a voice yet. Um, so Coin has uh, Baylor and Auburn in the games that we've discussed so far. It's a chance for me to either really get behind or really make a step on, on coin here. Uh, next game we have is the Rose Bowl between Wisconsin and Oregon. Wisconsin is a three-point favorite. Uh, this is a matchup very dear to Brandon's heart since uh, he once defected from Husker Nation to be a part of the Flying V as an Oregon fan. And and if he wants to dive into to that soliloquy on why that happens and, and what made him come back to to the Husker Red, I'll let him get into it. But Brandon, historically, when I when I think of this matchup or when I think of these these two teams, I picture five huge, predominantly white linemen from Wisconsin blocking for a Ron Dane type of running back, just just slow and steady. And then when I think of Oregon, I think of LaMichael James and DeAnthony Thomas, just fast guys on the edge that just can outrun anybody. Is that even true about these teams anymore? You're right. Back in the day, this used to be like the classic matchup of like strength and power versus flash and speed. And you weren't sure, you know, which it could have gone either way, just who at whichever team got hot during the game would win. But this year, uh, these two teams are a lot more similar than they are different. And uh, it starts up with the coaches for both of them. I think Paul Christ and Mario Cristobal, uh, both were coaches. I don't think either fan base was ecstatic when they were named the new head coaches of their, of their programs. They weren't the flashy name, you know, or the big famous person, you know, who's gonna come in with all this excitement. But uh, both have proven to be more than worthy of those jobs um, with, I guess, I could start with either one for this. Let's see. Let's Who's their start. fifth quarterback? <laughs> the fifth quarterback? <laughs> well, I don't think they have a fifth quarterback. <laughs> All right, so here's what I have down on this. Um, as far as what they try to do, both are really good defensive teams. Wisconsin, I think, gave up 29 points in the first six games. They had a bunch of shutouts this year. And then was it – who was their first loss of the year? Ohio State. No, prior, right before Ohio State, who they lose to. Was it – Illinois? I think it was oh, Illinois. Illinois. Yeah, Illinois. In Illinois, nice, nice call. That's good. Illinois put up like 20-something points on them. Then Ohio State came, and they beat the heck out of everybody. <laughs> and so that wasn't, you know, anything for alarm. But second half of the year, I kind of thought that Wisconsin wasn't quite the same – defensively you know they lose to Ohio State twice so that kind of skews some of the results um, and as far as uh, the offense goes for that Jonathan Taylor you know everything goes through him he's pretty good running back pretty good out there for the old Badgers and so I like watching him run the ball really well um, they don't 
he doesn't have that many receptions. Maybe like 200 yards receiving or something like that for the year. Nothing, nothing crazy. But they just as he runs, so does the offense. Um, as far as Oregon goes, they have a defense uh, that's been good for Pac-12. I mean, it, it's rare that Pac-12 teams play defense, uh, but they're pretty good. They have a running back named Troy Dye. Uh, who's an inside linebacker. He's probably one of my favorite players in college football. Great leader. Uh, he decided to come back for his senior year and play. Um, and then their running back, C.J. Verdell, has really emerged as a, as a good runner. And so Cristobal tries to do the same thing Wisconsin does. Uh, they, he hasn't quite gone to the traditional power. They do a lot of spread, but it's out of the pistol and they try to get right up north and south running. And he's pretty married to that power running game, which kind of surprises me because of Oregon's quarterback, uh, Justin Herbert, uh, who's one of the better quarterbacks coming out. So between, without trying to go too long for this, uh, for the matchup, I feel like I'm rambling. No, you're, I'm, you're yeah. helping me make my pick right okay. now, I think. Okay, all right. So uh, between these two teams, um, like, it, like I said, it's a really tough matchup. Uh, they said that Wisconsin is a 2.5 point favorite is what I read last. Uh, there's this the old movie Too Fast, Too Furious. Do you know what they said in that movie? Nope. Forget about it, cuh. That's what he <laughs> <laughs> is, that, is that like a famous line from the movie? Or? I, I saw it on YouTube and I thought it was the funniest thing I ever heard. I had to look up what cuh was. Make sure it wasn't anything inappropriate. The soft sound for the letter K. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Forget about it, Cuh. So anyway, I think uh, Oregon's going to win this. Uh, they're Justin Herbert deciding to come back. And this senior class has seen a lot of things through Oregon football being terrible uh, under the last year uh, with Mark Helfrich and then Willie Taggart jetting away after a year. And I think they really want to leave a good mark on this program. They're excited to be in the Rose Bowl. And I think um, I just think they still their defense is good. They're going to be able to shut down the run. And when it comes down to the difference between these two teams, is the quarterback play. And if I had to choose a quarterback in this game to win it for me, it would be Justin Herbert. So that's where I'm going. That's going to be a good game. I'm excited. Andy, I think this has been the toughest game when looking at it on paper because, as Brandon pointed out, they are very similar. Um, as Kyle alluded to earlier, you don't think that they're very similar. But going to that pistol really allows for a lot of downhill running. And under Helfrich and under, oh. Taggart. No, back before. Mike Pilotti. No, before. Kelly. Rich Brooks. Thank you. Oh, uh, Chip Kelly. Yeah, under Chip yeah, Kelly. The most famous yeah. of all the. <laughs> yeah. 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 Everything was stretched sideline with those running backs. Stretched sideways, the underneath, uh, uh, with quarterback runs, stuff like that. But this more focused power run game. And watching Oregon punch Utah in the mouth and really sustain defensively against really the uh, the Pac-12's version of Campbell, Wisconsin, and Utah, uh, it, it's, it's made it tough to, to choose between the two teams that are very similar. Um, I'm going to have to go – oh, shoot. Uh, I'll go Oregon. I'm not very confident. <laughs> you can feel the confidence spewing from him, and I'm pretty you sure. You hear that, Duck Nation? I, I feel bad for Andy right now. Like, he just looked really uncomfortable yeah, while yeah. he was. I'm pale. Yeah. The sound you heard was him flipping a second coin, making that pick. But. And now he just got up and walked away. <laughs> uh, Danny, what do you got going on in this I, game? I learned more about Oregon's offense 
in the last three minutes than I ever knew. And I picked Oregon a long time ago when we made these picks, and I don't remember why I picked them. Um, maybe just hoping Wisconsin would lose. But uh, after hearing what these two experts have to say, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm all over Oregon in this game. I love the Rose Bowl. Like, it's got to be one of or the – Bowl that everybody looks forward to watching. Just just the visuals I'm talking about. Classy logo too. Yeah, yep. classy bowl logo. Parade of roses. I think that would be a, a bowl game if, if Nebraska ever actually made it to a Rose Bowl. I would I would want to travel out yep. to see. Have you guys ever been there? Never have. Went there. We played UCLA years ago. Oh, yeah. It was a, my brother uh, texted me. He's like, hey, if uh, if you could spend four hundred bucks. And go to the Husker UCLA game. Would you do it? And I was like, Yeah. I thought he had like some like won a trip or something, and I was gonna pay him four hundred bucks. But no, he had it all figured out. It was like a day and a half trip, a flight, a hotel, go to the game, go home. Brother, dad, it was awesome. That sounds. And cool. uh, yeah, that that place is sweet. Awesome. Other Rose Bowl story I have. You guys want to hear it? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? We're halfway into it already. <laughs> It was like, what, three or four years ago, Did uh, it was Iowa and Stanford in the Rose Bowl. Two fun teams to watch right there. Yeah, so we were like, hey, let's go, uh, let's go hang out, go to the bowling alley and watch, watch this Rose Bowl game. And about a quarter and a half into it, it was just a massacre, just a blowout. So we spent the rest of the day playing laser tag. Brandon was there. I remember that. I remember that. Fun day. That was a Rose Bowl story? Sounds just like a bowling story to me. No, we didn't bowl. We played laser tag. laser tag story. Yep. And then we looked at Christmas lights. Yeah, we did. Nice. I'm glad we had that time together, Brandon. That's fun time. Yep. Fun time. Uh, uh, just one more thing that I apparently, as being a part of the Sink Second Family, was had no invitation to whatsoever. Even back then, you should have known. It was older people. Older? Yeah, we didn't include, like, young guys. Oh, I got you. Honestly, when I look at Wisconsin, being a Nebraska fan, Wisconsin is the one team that I have absolutely no confidence that we're ever going to beat. Like, I'll go into games against Ohio State and have more confidence. Mm-hmm. Just And I have no other reason besides the fact that I've, I've witnessed a couple of Wisconsin-Nebraska games firsthand. And it's just the most demoralizing thing ever. It's six yards at a time. Six yards changes to 12 yards. And again, when I went to this Big Ten championship ages ago, if I see Melvin Gordon run mm-hmm. one more jet sweep in my life, it'd be too many. It's so those, those names, like when you're watching those games on TV and it's the same guys over yeah. and over just getting yards and getting touchdowns and you just get sick of hearing yeah. those names. It feels like they've been there forever yep. and the 18-year-old kids beating guys who we thought were four years in. Yeah, so based on that alone, I've, I've – I'm picking Wisconsin, so I think I'm the only one going with Wisconsin here. Uh, as I was trying to think of a reason why I'm picking Wisconsin, the only thing that I can come uh, come up with is Wisconsin's offense is just a physical game. Just you know exactly what they're going to do, and those big guys are just tough, and they just run it nonstop. So here's here's my reason why: is Oregon is going to be on about a, a three or four week break where they actually haven't played a live football game. And it's, a, it's really easy to get comfortable, and you kind of forget just how much football hurts at some at, at points. So I have a feeling that they're just going to come out. Wisconsin is just going to run the ball a million times. I'm, I'm going to guess that, that Taylor has 250 yards rushing, Rose Bowl MVP, 
And I honestly, I don't think it's going to be close. So uh, I would take Wisconsin minus the three and mm. maybe minus 10 if it was there. There's a hot take. For Maybe you. minus 10. Maybe he, minus he 10. He just wants to add on just <laughs> yep, some more. Giving away money here, guys. Uh, so to, to finish up our, our pre-national championship coverage, uh, we're going to talk about a game that if you listen to any of the fan bases, you would have thought this would have been the national championship game, and that's Alabama and Michigan. Alabama's a seven-point favorite. Uh, they're coming. This is the first season that they have not been a, a part of the playoffs. So, in my opinion, it, this comes down to not a player on the field, but the two coaches. You got Saban and, and Harbaugh. And, and honestly, guys, I, I want to open this up to you. Are there entertaining or interesting conversations about Saban and Harbaugh anymore? Or are people just sick of listening to what they have to say about everything? Uh, I think it's the, I think they're both just kind of annoying. I think we, that's, that's the conversation. So it's, it's getting a little old, but we're still gonna, we're still gonna watch in hopes. I hope just for an awkward, like halftime or post game interview with, with whoever loses. I think they're both annoying in totally opposite ways. You know, like I, I hate how Saban's all snarky and short and rude to everybody. And I hate how over the top Harbaugh just he wears me out just watching him. Like during the game, I'm tired just from watching him. No, I agree. I they're two of the more fascinating coaches because when other coaches are losing and uh, are questioned about their snarkiness or their negative comments, it's never a negative. But when or it's always a negative. But when Saban and Harbaugh do it, it's never usually like a negative aspect. They're always like, "Well, gosh, they just care so much." And I don't know. I just I, I feel like there's a special segment of the coaching carousel that's always around these two guys with how they portray themselves in the media. Yeah, that being said, I'm going to pick my second blowout of the game. I think Alabama wins, and I don't think it's close. Brandon? Man, Alabama's so deep. I, you'd have to be an idiot to think that they would lose. And I'm losing to a coin. I'm an idiot. So <laughs> I, I'm not going to go – with the much-improved Michigan by the end of the year. And <laughs> Michigan in the upset. The Hail to the victor or whatever. <laughs> what is that? that seven points? Uh, yeah, seven points for Alabama. Yeah. Well, my man Stu Gotts, if anyone listens to the uh, Dan Lebertard show. Yes, sir. He's been saying over and over that the only team Alabama would not be a favorite over is LSU. And I think he's probably right. There were Two losses. Right? Yeah. LSU and Auburn. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's going to be close either. I think that um, they're probably going to be a little bit angry. I think Saban's going to have them fueled up and ready to go. And I think Harbaugh, I don't know, does he, can, can he get embarrassed? Like, does he have that emotion? Based on his choice of clothing, yeah, I would I say no. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think so. <laughs> like, I would say he's going to embarrass Harbaugh, but I don't even know if he, like, is aware that that's a thing that you can feel. So, um, I don't know. I'm I'm not really that interested in like the teams, to be honest. I, I think it's going to be a good game, fun to watch, but just for the for the sort of entertainment uh, value. Uniforms. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Some of the classics that we've had off-air conversations about. Mm, I don't like Michigan's helmets, to be honest. No. I liked it when they had the numbers on the side with the. I don't like that. That design. I don't even know Before that we get is. to Andy's pick, just because I might be 
as big of a Dan Lebitard show uh, fan as Danny is, you do know that Stu Goss, the guy you're quoting here, is 0 for 10 picking he's bowl games against the spreads, correct? <laughs> he's so an expert. He is more of an expert than we <laughs> seem to be. So just that's who you're putting your faith in what enough stats on. All right with Stu Gotts. Uh, I'll let Danny look at the coin. Uh, Butler, who do you got? So I, th- I, th- I think the most intriguing part about this matchup is the fact that Michigan's offense has kind of started to wake up the last couple of weeks. And Alabama's offense is, I mean, under, is it Matt Jones? Mac Jones? Whatever Tua's replacement is, he's a totally different type of quarterback. And so um, how they call plays in for Tua and with his legs and how. Oh, he's, uh, you're getting into the actual, like, football stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Football, All right, yeah, so, hey, you know, get yeah. in, go for it. And so I think there'll be a little bit of an adjustment period just because, um, yeah, they played, like, Arkansas or something like that with their backup quarterback. But Anywho, um, I still think Alabama's defense, I mean, they may lose a guy here or there, but they're still four or five star replacing him, and so I think Alabama. All right, Danny, give us a rundown on Coins picks since we've we got them. We uh, got Coins picking Michigan in this one. Thank you, Coin. All yeah. Right, got a chance. Uh, Baylor, Oregon. Coins got Oregon. Um, so in, the, in this game, we're just talking about the two – uh, picks for Michigan would be Coin and Brandon. Um, and remember, Coin is beating Brandon right yeah, now. Yeah, I'm riding off the that, that's a That's a tough one, though, because that means you I can't know, make up ground, but you can't lose ground either, I guess. Uh, all right, so I'm going to let you inside the curtain a little bit here because on my show notes it says I need a transition of some sort, some sort. to get from where we are to where we are going. Now, where we are going is a nice little conversation about what we think is our, is the better alternative for the the playoff system. Okay, we we've had the BCS, we d- we didn't like that. We've upped the BCS to a fourteen playoff, and in my opinion, the best is is an eighteen playoff. And the the eighteen playoff would let all five conference champions in with with three wild cards. But before we, we kind of start spitballing here, because I'm going to kind of step out on this because these guys are much more passionate about this conversation as I am, I'm going to do just one thing as part of our transition, and that is turning Andy's microphone on. <laughs> this is an audio medium where it probably needs to have a little bit more volume to his voice. And... About through, kidding me? <laughs> through through that half halfway through that last conversation, I started looking around at his microphone compared to mine, and I noticed that his was in the off position. So as we were trying to do our, our sound check and all this stuff, we were trying to decide if Andy was was talking loud enough because in our in our previous podcast he seemed to be the quietest, and he's just more soft-spoken than the others. So as we kind of go through this, uh, many of you guys will, will know why he is even more soft-spoken than this one because we were actually relying on the other three mics yeah. picking up anything that Andy was saying over the first hour of this pod. Jeez, mine's somehow on, too, and I never turned it on. So. Yeah, exactly. Thank I, goodness. I was looking, I was like, dude. Oh, that's embarrassing. <laughs> so we're welcoming Andy to the podcast yes, now. Welcome, Andy. 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 Let's let you dive into your college football playoff uh, improvement. All right. So 
<laughs> Jeez, Louise, that's embarrassing. Um, so anyway, my <laughs> um, my playoff fixer uh, starts with the relegation system, and so um, it's broken down to three tiers without getting into the FCS part of it. Um, but in the top tier, there's only four conferences, and these are divided regionally, uh, just so that way it eases on travel stuff like that. But each conference only has four team or ten teams in it, so. Um, that they're able to have a true round robin. <laughs> and you mean the Big Ten would actually have ten teams in it? Well, yes, we may have to fix the names of the other ones, but uh, the Big Ten, ten would have a ten-team uh, conference. Now, I think the Big 12 kind of has a r true right idea with this uh, true round robin. Um, in the middle tier, there'd be another three um, regionally based conferences. These three conferences would have 14 teams uh, where you play your division plus three of the other side. And then the bottom tier would have three conferences of 16 teams where you'd play di your division and then two of the other side. So that's 48 teams. Um, so in theory, this would be a three-year cycle so that way um, it's based on stability and long-term over just a, hey, we had a good year here, now we should be able to move up. Um, also, I think it would help with your... Um, scheduling because you're not scheduling 10 years in advance against teams who may be good now but at the same time not so good um, but anyway so how this would work is there's only four uh, four top tier conferences and each conference championship game would in effect matter it would be a uh, natural quarterfinal game to help and it would it wouldn't uh, really fix the 14 playoff it would just enhance the 14 playoffs and no team is left out um, but how this would look then is then three would move up from each uh, tier and then three would move down from each tier. Um, and then so that way you're always getting the best of the best into that top tier. Um, but, but then if a UCF has a magical year in the mid-tier, they could win, you know, the best bowl game that's not the conference or the national tournament type of deal. So I'm just looking over your notes here, and you're, and I know they're just names for right now, but you're leaving the ACC as a, a second-tier conference? Well, but like Clemson wouldn't be in the ACC. Oh, we'd, yeah. just, we'd reconfigure the conferences so that way 40 teams would be in the top tier. And then that would obviously push on those bottom of the Big Ten, mm -hmm. Big 12, SEC to the second tier and things like that. So it would have to be a reconfiguration of those tiers, or of the conferences per se, but that way you'd have at least your... So it's the winner of the four conferences in the top tier yes. that get to the playoff. Yes. And then you'd still have your bowl system for the other tiers. Well, I, I'm all about uh, relegation. As a, You're a as, soccer guy. As a you? soccer guy, yeah. I think it's fun. And I think, you know, when you get to, like, the, uh, the English Premier League soccer stuff, some of the best games of the year are the end of the season stuff when they're trying not to get relegated, like trying to stay up. And I would assume that there's a big, you know, a financial aspect to this too. Like if you get knocked down, um, that's going to be probably a loss of some, uh, some income for your, for your school, which uh, is a pretty big deal. So to build off of that, um, I kind of was mapping out some scheduling, uh, ways you can do or go around it, things like that. And, um, just the way it's set up, uh, I kind of was thinking if you if you're in the middle tier, you can play a team one team from the above division, and one team from the uh, the below division, 
And if so, if you're in that top tier, you can only play one team that's not of those power four, if you would. And so that way, at least you'd have very similar schedules. Um, so that way you're not arguing, well, a two-loss team would be over a, a one-loss team because of strength of schedule or something like that. I like it. But you just, you just frowned, though. You frowned and said you liked it. So. That's like my studious. Oh, okay. <laughs> intrigued look of studiousness. And I think the biggest thing on this, because uh, Brandon and, and Danny are coming with ideas that are different, but still kind of fit in the mold of, of what we're trying or, or what we already have, I think this would mean that the NCAA would no longer be in existence anymore because the NCAA prides itself on the rigidness and the, the conference ties and all that stuff where something like this would be something that all the schools would have to kind of bind together and make their own kind of overseeing body that's not the NCAA. Well, I know these are like hypotheticals and just what, what we'd like to see for football, but you are also then affecting every single other sport. And um, – the How purpose you know of colleges in general, academics as well. Well, that's, that's neither here nor yeah. there. Uh, but I don't know if it really does affect all the other sports. Because, academics are boring. Like in, in college basketball, like Notre Dame's a part of the ACC. And in basketball, some of the, some of the conferences are only basketball-related. And I think of like the Summit League. The Summit League isn't a league yep. except in basketball. And so I don't know if it's – you see that more on the smaller scale with the small schools and the mid-majors. But, I mean – are conferences just the thing that just is still around from a long time ago? Like, I, yeah, I would assume that's kind I of. I think that, thing. and yeah. just for to make scheduling easier, yeah. Yeah. you know, and like conferences, I would imagine came around to be regional, right? Yeah. And then now you have the Big Jeez. Ten that is stretched from Nebraska to New York City. That's right. not very regional. Where I think way back in the day, it was a chance to play. Have a little tournament style in your region. Yeah, so you could hop on a bus for a couple hours. So conferences stuff. are essentially kind of pointless right now. So might as well just blow the whole thing up, well, reorganize it, well, and, and start we, relegating some teams. When we talk SEC championship and how who was it, Alabama snuck in when they didn't even play in their conference championship, this kind of reinforces winning your conference, reinforces winning your conference championship. And then so I, don't, I almost think that strengthens your conferences instead of the devalued that it kind of has right now. Danny, let's hear what you got. Well, mine's going to be mine's going to be boring now. Um, <laughs> it'll be like a little buffer between the two radical ideas, I think. Radically, uh, at least yeah. I still have four teams in my playoff, like I don't know how you go less radical than keep it the same. I mean, you're destroying basically the whole all, backbone of yeah. college football. Wow. Well, that's neither here nor there. No, I'm just a, I'm a 16 playoff guy. Um, I think that you give the first and second a bye, um, have third play sixth, four play five. Um, and I'm coming at this from a very narrow perspective of exactly what I want to see. Because for the past few years, I look at the matchups that would happen um, if it was a 16 playoff for those quarterfinal games, and they're great football games. They're games that everybody wants to, everybody wants to see. This year it would be – um, Clemson playing Oregon, Oklahoma playing Georgia. Uh, those are those are really really good football games, I think potentially. And it's just a little bit of a teaser before you get into the the semifinal and final game. So 
Uh, I don't have a lot of explanation about that. It's just, you know, hypothetically exactly what I want to see as a football fan. Um, just a little um, add-on to that as I think teams get home field advantage for their quarterfinal games too. So I think Clemson uh, would host Oregon if it, if it was this year, which would be fun. Uh, Oklahoma would, would be uh, hosting Georgia. Schedule-wise, it'd work. Um, it's just sort of playing around with it. I think you got about seven weeks uh, to get those games in. You could have an off week between every one. I think if you went eight weeks, and this is including the, the conference championship games too. Uh, if you wanted to put any of those games between conference championships and your uh, final and back-to-back weekends, uh, you could do that as well if you want to shorten it. But um, that's just what I want to watch, what I want to see. And I think it gives a couple more teams a shot if they think they're really good um, to get to that final. Probably, you know, a, a slim chance, but more entertaining for us watching on our couch and, and just uh, a couple extra football games to watch at the end of the season. So I'm just going to kind of build on yours. Uh, would there be any – like, so this year you, you said you had six and you really liked those matchups. I'm just going to go out one more. Like, what if we had a, a seven or an eight-team matchup? You, don't, you wouldn't love to see, uh, as currently rated, number one or number two LSU and Ohio State have to play Alabama as a seven or eight seed. You can't tell me it, that – For the, this year, yes. You can't tell for me that year. either one of those teams would want that. Like, so – to me, that's a, that's a good game. Like, w- why six? Why not eight? Why yeah. not sixteen? Well, why do always... you stop at six? And... I just feel like in the in the past few years, when you when you cut off after four, like that those those five and six teams were, were very close. I don't know if you get all the way to eight. Two you, so two, two whole teams yeah, more. I don't know. Well, I, I think I think so. You're saying one one seed versus eight. Yeah, and I like your idea. I just think that I think that's going to be a win. I think that's going to be, um, I don't know, a little bit of filler to in, get to the, the stuff that we really want. That's the, that's just my opinion. So in the first five games or five years of this four-team playoff, though, there's only been one, two maybe competitive first-round games when it's one versus four, or two versus three, and so. But I think this may be one of the first years where a third team can conceivably win it. So I don't know. Any other year, I mean, we knew the last, what, four years is going to be Alabama-Clemson or Oklahoma was going to sneak in there type of deal. But they weren't really a consideration for winning. And now, uh, I don't know, I just – I can't conceivably get to eight. Six teams maybe, but th- those one and one and four, two and three matchups have been terrible the last Bleacher years. Report did like a hypothetical if it was an eight-team playoff and they – literally just got it down to like exactly what the four teams are that are in the actual playoff like no upsets or anything like that I, yeah to me I think it'd be rare that you would see a, a seven or eight seed get past a, a one or a two but upside would be more football to watch yeah and I, I like the home field advantage idea of it yeah, I would honestly cool. think that you're obviously your one and two seeds would enjoy the week off but Hosting a playoff game in your home stadium would be such a money maker yeah. for those schools. I'd almost, uh, yeah. I'd, I'd venture to say that they'd almost rather play and, and get that, get that extra home game. Uh, like I can't imagine what season ticket holders. You'd would, probably would have pay. to, you'd probably have to give home field all the way through, which 
I don't think would ever happen. But I, you could still have your bull tie-ins. I mean, your first round could be while they're playing, you know, whatever bull games have been on the first five days of the bull season. But then after that, you still have your sugar and your uh, whatever the other tie-in. Orange bowl. Orange bowl. Yes, bowl. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think any any kind of system that has five major conferences and yet only four teams make it seems broken. I think if, if you got to six, you, it would end up you'd have to guarantee all conference champions yeah. to be in it with one wild card. Except that's why I think eight would be fun. You can guarantee the five. They don't have to be seeded one through five. Your, your Pac-12 champion could be the, the eighth seed. But you would guarantee your five conference champions of the major bowls or the major conferences. I saw one person where you would have the five conference champions, two wild cards, and then that year's best mid-major lower five conference kind of pick. I'm, I'm going to go sideways a little bit. This just jumped into my mind. What do you guys think about the, the committee? Do you think that's kind of a weird thing? Like just all these random people that sit together on that last day and they watch all the football games together and then they're, they're the, the big decision makers. It seems odd to me, but I actually think it's kind of a, it's a good way to do it. I like the committee, um, you know, and – they really go out of their way, I think, to make sure it's fair. I know uh, Oregon's athletic director was the head of it, and like any time Oregon came up or anybody was going to mention it, that person would have to leave or like, you know, if you have some tie to that school. I think it sounds cool. I like looking at the pictures of the room with oh, all yeah. the stuff around, and it would be neat just to hear those conversations and to be a fly on the wall, you know. To There's got to be a lot of awkward, like, oh, small talk, or do you think they're just tuned into the games, like, analyzing every little bit of it? I don't think they're any different than us. They watch a, a handful of games, maybe one or two games on a Saturday, and then they look at the the ESPN ticker. <laughs> they watch ESPN or, or Fox Sports, and I honestly don't know that they're any more invested time-wise than in than any They just else. have like a detailed knowledge of every team's yeah. schedule and exactly who they've played well, and, and the schedule type of stuff. Some of, the, some of the knock the last few years have been like what they consider a strength one year doesn't carry over to the next. And so one year they're, they're really hounding the losses. And then the next year it's all about who you win to and not so much about how you, who you lose to and stuff like that. And so I think that's been the toughest part is like at least – I'm going to say it, at least in the BCS system, you knew it was a computer and you're like, oh, it's a formula. But like you have a bunch of guys in a room who have their own opinions who are saying this or that. Like it's at least always going to be a talking point because we don't, we do have five for four. And so, well, you know, sometimes you get two out of one conference yeah. and two teams get left out. And yeah, I, I don't know if there's a perfect system, but. I honestly, like, is there any difference between the committee's rankings or the coaches' poll or the AP poll? Like, I would, I would imagine they're all essentially identical because nobody is going to go out on the ledge to be that much different. Like, I think it would have actually been more of a, a feather in the, in the committee's hat this year if they would have put Alabama in there because then <laughs> – because – Everybody assumes that Alabama is one of the top four teams. So if that's really what they're trying to do, if they're really trying to put the four best teams in there, why wouldn't Alabama be in there? Because yeah. who do you think who do you think uh, LSU would rather play, Alabama or Oklahoma? 
You would assume, oh gosh, I would assume Oklahoma. Right. Exactly. Like, so that kind of, to me, tells you that they don't have the four best teams in there. And just because Alabama has that loss, I don't know. That, they have to like live by the rules that they sort of made along yeah. the way. But again, the the rules are they can't just be like, nope, these are the best. These are the teams that we think are the top four. Like they, all along the way, they give little rules and stuff. Well, we look at this and we assume this. So, but those rules change. Yeah. <laughs> theoretically, week to week, though, and so like Baylor jumped up a ton of spots. Minnesota jumped so, up a so ton of spots. So, so who did Alabama lose to? Auburn and LSU. Auburn and LSU. Yeah. So if we rewind and we start looking at Oklahoma, who did Oklahoma lose to? Kansas State. Okay. I rest my case right there. So uh, let's let's move on. We got we got one more uh, idea. Maybe it's an old idea. Maybe it's a new idea. But to simpler times, maybe. Yeah. Let Let's rewind to simpler times and not overcomplicate this thing. Brandon, hit us with what you got. All can right. We, before you start, can we? This is not visual, so tell yeah. us about the hat you're wearing. Today, so this is that, a Nebraska Cornhuskers 1988. Big A champions hat. It's corduroy. That's it's red. sweet hat. <laughs> corduroy. It's got the rope across. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty classy. And then I got my Frank Soltz 1962 jersey. It was it's, really made in 2016, yeah. when they wore them as retro. <laughs> exactly. So this is, was this the vibe you were going for? Just presenting the vibe. Yeah, the, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's um, hear it. So uh, you know, looking at our at our social media stuff for our playoffs, we had 15 percent. Want to keep it as is. We had 20% want to move up to a six-team playoff. We had 55% want to go to an eight-team playoff. And we had 10% for other. So you know what that means? That means nobody is satisfied. You could you could say, hey, we're going to go 99 teams. And then uh, team number 100, well, geez. You know, we could have, we probably could have beat that 99 team. It would have been nice if the people that said other would have, like, replied yeah, follow and, and the directions an idea, right now, guys. I mean, I'm not going to harp on our listeners now, but I am. Because you know what, listeners? You're never happy. You're never pleased. And all you want. So here's what I need all you listeners to do, all right? I need you, I need you whippersnappers to, I need you to put down your vegan whoppers. I need you to put down your white claw beverage in your Clash of the Clans. And you're going to hop in the DeLorean with me. With the flux capacitor, we're going to rev that baby up to 88 miles an hour. Who do you think our listeners are? I don't know. <laughs> it ties have, in with the do you, thing. Do you have someone in mind when you're saying this? <laughs> and if your name rhymes with... No, I don't know. <laughs> All right, Sharper Dittany. <laughs> Sharper Dittany would be our listener. Okay, so anyway, this is what we're doing. We're going back to the 1988 bowl systems. Back in those days, I don't, I don't remember being a college football fan in 1988, all right? But I can tell you, like, when I was a kid, uh, when Nebraska was number two, number three, or something like that, Nebraska was playing Tennessee, you know? And the game before that, the Rose Bowl, we had number one, Michigan, playing number 15, Washington State in the Rose Bowl. And you had to watch that bowl game. And, had, and then you watch this bowl game, and you watch this bowl game, and then pretty soon, when your bowl game comes up, it's like, dude, if we win this thing, we are national champions. And every bowl game mattered, and it all sorted itself out. So here's what I did. I went to this site. It's called NCAAGamesim.com. You can match up any team from any point in history 
You can pick who the home team is or if it's a neutral site, and it'll tell you the oh. simulations, the score, the play-by-play, -play, everybody's stats. It, you can adjust the lineups and the roster. It's crazy. That site did not pay us any money for it, to say that no, either. No, it did not. But it, it's pretty fun. It's a little nice little time waster. And so what I did was I went through the bowl alliance systems here, and I made some matchups of what we would see with today's ratings back in 1988. All right, so here we have uh, we have the first one. We have the Cotton Bowl. Cotton Bowl is going to be number 11 Utah versus number seven Baylor. It's not relevant to any of these playoffs, but I just wanted you know the Cotton Bowl was a big be deal a good back game. then. Yeah. So what I did was I took the average score from the hundred and whatever simulations that this thing did. Okay, so in this one here we have Utah losing to Baylor, twenty-two point nine to twenty-six point two. All right, so there's that. that that's not relevant. This is to the, the second episode in a row where we get decimals. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I didn't want to round. I I felt like I'd be cheating. All right. So then the second one. This is this one here. This one's not really that relevant, but Fiesta Bowl. Uh, we have number 15, Notre Dame, versus number 10, Penn State. Now, back in those days, yeah, Notre Dame, if you were good or if you weren't, you were making a big bowl game, so I stuck them in there. And it's a good thing we did because I tell you what, Notre Dame won 29.3, beat number 10, Penn State, 21.6 points on their side. Okay, now is where things get, to, they get a little bit more serious, all right? And all these bowl games were the same day, okay? So you, you had some of them going on at the same time. So imagine this. You're flipping channels. You're going through the stuff. Yeah, big TV and little screen. Or in Andy's place, you have all the TVs up with all the things and every game going on. It's like, it's like Batman and Alfred watching bowl games in there, checking it out, you know? Alfred, turn it to ESPN2. As you wish, Master. All right, so on this, on this channel Is that here, a quote from the movie? Yeah, I'm sure it was. <laughs> right after Forget About It, he's like, forget about it, Bruce. So anyway, that didn't sound right. Anyway, so then in the Rose Bowl here, the classic Rose Bowl, we have Big Ten versus Pac-10 in those days, you know. But uh, we have number two, Ohio State versus number six, Oregon. And what happens in that? Well, Ohio State thumps Oregon. 30.7 to 17.6. They never stood a chance. But Ohio State had, like, the biggest margin of victory of anybody in the country this year. Do you know what I'm feeling, Danny? What? I'm feeling a split national championship. No! Oh, hey! If only. Hey! If only. <laughs> Anything can happen. <laughs> All right, so anyway, then we move on to the Orange Bowl. And we have number three, Clemson, versus number four, Oklahoma. Classic style of an Orange Bowl matchup. And we have Oklahoma winning 38.3 no, to 33.8. Upset. We have an upset right there. And then we move on to the Sugar Bowl. All right, the Sugar Bowl, who do we got? We got number five, Georgia, versus number one, LSU. What? Yeah, number five, Georgia, <laughs> versus number one, LSU. SEC foes in the same bowl game. <laughs> yeah, huh? they had like an independent thing. And the reason why I went with this one, because you'd see them multiple times, that, like, 1978, Tom Osborne finally beats Oklahoma. Thank God. Now we can go to our – oh, we're playing Oklahoma again. Are you kidding me? <laughs> can we make a quick prediction? Just go around. Yeah, LSU, sure. uh, LSU, Georgia. I got LSU by 18 points. <laughs> was that what it was the first time? No, just yeah. – These guys are re making – having a rematch of their 
SEC championship. Yeah, yeah. it was like 31 to 3 or something. Oh, okay. LSU, go Tigers. Bayou Bengals. Here's what happens. What? I'll say one other thing. I think it was like 2001 when Nebraska beat Oklahoma yep. with, uh, the, you know, the, the, the triple A and stuff. And people were saying, like, that, that was a big deal. They're like, these two teams could match again in the Big 12 championship. And then some people were saying, and it's not out of the question. This team could play each other three times. Like, they, that was the thing on ESPN. And then I was 10. Uh, and then Nebraska fell from grace shortly thereafter. Yeah. That was, that was a pretty exciting game. So here's what happens. Anyway, Georgia LSU. LSU wins 34 to 24.8. They got the .8 conversion okay. to make they that. Cover. So what does this do to our ratings? Well, I got to tell you what. Here's what we have. Do you want the coaches poll or the AP poll first? Wow. <laughs> coaches. All right, coaches poll. So they're very excited about Ohio State, you know, and things they did. We got number one, Ohio State. Number two, LSU. Number three, Oklahoma number four, Baylor. For the AP, I'll count down backwards. All right, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why. Should Careful. Backwards for both of them. Number four, Clemson. They, they were like, oh, okay, Clemson shouldn't have dropped too far. Then they went number three, Oklahoma. Number two, Ohio State. Oh, oh you guys got it. Number one, it's a split national championship. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Nobody's seen anything like in a lot of years. So anyway, <laughs> well, unless you count, if you count UCF, you know, then they had the split national championship just a few short years ago. I just felt the you entire want to know what the common thread of, of, the, of the last season. two split national championships was. Yeah. What is the common thread? 1997 in Central Florida and 2016. Oh geez, yeah. Scott Frost. Scott Frost. That's all he does is split national championships. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. So they, yeah, you know, I, I like that. And if there was a split championship, you have all off season, and then it's like, whoa, I wonder who's going to be on the front cover of Athlon. Oh, they put a, the quarterback for both teams on Athlon. Oh, I don't, I only won half that magazine now. But <laughs> so I like that. Uh, I like that stuff where all the bowl games played out, and I get it's a money thing now. You can't do it. And this year. The four, it worked out perfect because there was three undefeated teams. I feel like they missed the boat when UCF was undefeated. And it's like, doesn't matter. Give them a chance. They're not one of the two best. But, you know, give them a shot. And, they're, and they can play it out. This year, it worked out for it. But uh, I like to think about those old bowl games from time to time and how it would have played out. Yeah, that actually reminds me. That, honestly, and I could probably think of hard a little bit maybe think of an earlier one but that actually might have been my first sports memory sports hot take if you if you want to call it that is after in 1997 when when nebraska and michigan split that national championship i remember saying out loud i was like this is why nebraska should be national championship alone i we played tennessee which i think at the time was like number seven or number five it, they were highly rated and we blew the doors off of them. It was not even close. Peyton Manning. Yeah, Peyton Manning, Golden Boy, blew Dude, the doors off them, boat raced them. Omaha. And then we come to the Michigan-Washington State game, and I even remember that matchup as well. Michigan, it took everything they had just to squeak out that victory over the Ryan Leaf-led Wazoos. And so I just told myself, we just beat a, a higher-ranked team by a much more impressive fashion, Michigan struggled against a lower-ranked team, 
that's why Nebraska should be national championships. I'm about to get triggered because now I'm thinking about that. And I remember oh, Keith Jackson looking over at Bob Greasy and he's like, well, Bob Greasy, who do you think you should, who do you think should be the national champions? And he's like, well, geez, well, maybe the team my son's playing for right now. <laughs> and I was like, you got to be kidding me, you know. It was like midnight or whatever when the coaches pull. And yeah. I remember watching ESPN, waiting for it. And then there was uh, the Husker logo on there. And it's like, oh, man. Oh, man, I think the coaches did it. And then that was exciting. Like, yeah. That's pretty pumped. Uh, another thing I was waiting for on, on your uh, results there, unfortunately, Clemson got upset. What would they have done? Had that ever happened to have three undefeated conference championships? I was almost – I kind of forgot it was AP and coaches pull. Like, I was almost thinking we were going to have not half a national championship, but thirds. We were going to yeah. split that thing three ways. Jeez. But I don't know. To live in simpler times where and, – and can you imagine like the, the Twitter and the, the ESPN and the first takes and, and all that stuff? Like if they would have been around – on January whatever, January third, when all these games happened, to have split national championships like that oh. would just be Stephen A. Smith and whoever oh, he's yelling yeah. at. People like argue about that it just would have been perfect. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Simpler times, but uh, we have the system that we have here. It's a four-team playoff. We have uh, LSU versus Oklahoma. We have Clemson versus Ohio State. Uh, Let's see what we got here. Uh, but I, I guess I do have in my notes here. So we've, we've made all these picks. We have them sitting in front of us. Half of us are losing to the coin. Like, what's on the line here? Like, have we discussed? Or are we just making these picks to make these picks? Well, we can name names. It's, it's Andy and Brandon who are losing to the coin. Well, okay. Hey, yeah. turning on your mic is hard enough. I'm not supposed to pick a coin. Yeah, I can't imagine how much better this podcast is going to sound in the, in the second half if of it. You thought it was quiet the first time. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, let's go back to that. I was honestly staring at this thing for, it was probably 15 minutes. And I don't know if anybody noticed, but I started looking at everybody else's microphones. And I was just like, is, is his not on? And I was trying to decide, do do I just turn it on and interrupt somebody's kind of talk about a specific game? Or do I wait and make it more of a point? And my I, God, man. I'm surprised that you noticed that. And I'm, again, really surprised that mine was on at all because I'd never turn it on. Yeah, I didn't turn. Unless, yeah. So, all right. Re regardless, let's get back to it. So, we obviously have the competition against the coin. If if somebody loses to the coin, if multiple people lose to the coin, to me, there's got to be something connected to that. Some sort of embarrassing thing, some sort of, I don't know, well, it's grand pretty, gesture that you have to do. I think we ought to get that to Twitter. Yeah. That should be the Twitter if, you, if, if there's anyone, okay, so here's how you tell us that you made it this far in the podcast. If you're still listening, shoot us an idea of what, so we're talking punishment for losing to the coin, right? Yep. Yeah. So email. What's the email? Uh, sing second podcast at gmail.com. Or find us on Twitter at sing second and just what do you think the, the punishment should be? If you I like it. And here's the next challenge. I mean, it could be as much as you're just banished from the pod. Like if you can't beat the coin, maybe you just permanently. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, now we don't want to do that. Yeah. Other ideas. He, here's the next challenge, too. 
So we want somebody from our listeners to give us this good idea. And I want somebody to be JTA to the punch because we know he's going to have something. JTA is always going to have that, that, that response for us. Can somebody beat him to the punch in terms of giving us our first suggestion? And thanks for responding to everything on Twitter, JTA. Yeah. Um, we'd, we'd love that. it if everybody did it, honestly. Right, we got to get some, some other people going here. You need to build it into a community. Exactly. Get everybody interaction, interacting with each other. And then now the last thing, what does the winner get? I, if I win, that'll be enough. Like I'll, I will, I'll have that forever. Dude. I mean, Andy's still talking about last year's bull pick him. I am. Yeah, he, he hasn't mentioned it a lot year. today since he's nope, not today. Do in we, last place. Do we do supper? Do we do like we gotta have something on the line here? What's the, like if like what's the championship belt gonna look like? Is there a championship belt? Should we I get like, a championship belt? I like belt? the idea of, uh, yeah, I like those championship belts. Those are sweet. I like it. There's Again, a few places online you can make your own. We, we need, I've done it before. We need suggestions of For himself. If, what, what happens with the <laughs> when the loser or when somebody loses to the coin, what happens? And then what should the winner get from the other from the other three guys? But uh, All right, guys, do we have a drum roll here? Can we have a drum roll? Uh, you might actually be able to hear Andy's drum roll now. I can't do it with my mouth. We have reached the semifinal matchups. LSU, Oklahoma. Is anyone stepping out on that ledge and picking Oklahoma to win it? Let's start with you, Brandon. I was just about to step onto that ledge, and then I didn't. <laughs> so, I, I mean, the early on, like the first picks, I was like, oh, LSU big time, LSU big time. And then I thought, man, what's the what's the biggest thing that hurts SEC teams? Teams that spread it out wide and have some a quarterback who can just run around and make plays and frustrate them, and all that. I mean, it's unreal. So I, as much as I want to say, I think I know Oklahoma is capable of doing it, but uh, Orgeron, I saw this uh, picture of him in a Santa Claus suit. And he was saying, go, go, go. And so I'm going with him because of that, too. Okay. Like Danny? Too. Well, so the coin uh, the coin went rogue here on a couple picks. And they've got actually um, Ohio State as the national champ. Um, they've got Oklahoma over LSU. And they've got Ohio State over Clemson. So those are some bold picks by coin. Um, I will not be making that. Uh, bold of a pick. I've got LSU, um, and I think probably pretty easy in this game. Uh, but I don't even want to spend a lot of time talking about these semifinals. I want to get on the record as soon as I possibly can uh, with, with Clemson as the national champion. Uh, early in the season. Spoiler alert. Jeez. Yeah, I want to be on the record as soon as possible, which is right now. So you're stepping out on that ledge and picking a team that hasn't lost in two and a half years. Exactly. National but you okay. guys, you got. I bet. I bet none of you guys Tip are picking them there. as the national champion. Right. Andy, I'm on a roll. Hang on. Oh, oh, sorry. Early, way earlier in the season, I told some people if you want to make some money, um, bet on Joe Burrow winning the Heisman. I didn't do that, uh, but he won. Uh, also earlier this year, I was the first one at our place of employment to say we will not be here tomorrow because of the snow. And guess what? 
What do we have? We had a snow day. Yep. So trust me on this, Clemson national champion. Wow. If you happen to see Danny later on this week, his arm's going to be in a sling with all the slapping he did it himself on the back. So yep. kudos to you, Danny. Uh, Andy, for the second time, who do you have? Which game are we talking about after that tangent? Yeah. Uh, LSU. And uh, it doesn't matter who Yeah, does, does it? Uh, Oklahoma has a much improved defense, but Joe Burrow threw for like, I don't know, 4,800 yards or something crazy like that. So LSU. Yeah, I was going to pick LSU all the way, but then uh, when when these two teams got together and they had this little basketball shooting competition, I saw that. <laughs> that was unbelievable. Joe Burrow stepped up and just proved that some guys have everything. Yep. Right? Heisman Trophy, going to be number one pick overall. I'm, I'm hoping he can't read a book because if he's got all that talent and can play basketball, like the dude has to has, have some faults. So uh, I'm going LSU. Uh, so that means that Oklahoma's probably going to win since all four of us are on LSU. Uh, now to the second game. I think this one has a little bit more intrigue. Uh, if you were to listen to anything, Dabo Sweeney would have to say he'd, he'd make you think that uh, he was more disrespected than a, a Rodney Dangerfield movie. Ba-ba-bum. That's a joke for you guys that, uh, that are listening here. Love Rodney uh, Dangerfield. Isn't Clemson actually favored in this game? Should to be. be. To be honest, I don't know if they are, but I I would imagine. I, would I think imagine they're a two so. or three point favorite. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. How are you guys feeling about this one, Brandon? We'll start with you again. Before I make this pick, I'm going to be the first on board, and in 2057, Alabama's going to be national champions. <laughs> okay, but going back to this pick right here. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't know. Man, might not be football anymore. So, uh, Ohio State has been, like, dominant this year. Huge margin of victories and all that. But, man, Dabo Sweeney just finds a way. His team's so well coached. He's super motivational. His team's been there before, you know, and, and it's hard for me to go against Clemson in this case. So, I got to go Clemson as beating Ohio State. That's the correct choice. Danny, obviously we know who you are. <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't matter if they're if they're favored because Dabo's got them feeling like underdogs. Yep. And they're okay. They're so ready to play. They feel disrespected. <laughs> it's that whole game. Pause for a second here. So are you telling me you're a Dabo Sweeney fan? I love Dabo. Okay. Give me two differences between Dabo Sweeney and PJ Fleck. What are the similarities? Everything. Dress, uh, a crew neck. Dabo wears a crew neck. But in terms Every of, game, in regardless terms of, of the trying weather. to make everything seem about everybody else, and yet everything is always about Dabo Sweeney. No, I don't think so. Yeah, okay. So uh, earlier this year, Dabo Sweeney had a player get ejected from a game from punching a teammate. Do you know what Dabo made him do? He rode the bus. He rode the bus home with the trainers. Do you want to know what would have been a better story about that, even if you thought that was the, the right thing to do? Not allowed to be a national headline. So here he is trying to well, how you know seem that was like Dabo. greater than, than everything person, and the kid messed up, and he sends him on the bus ride home. Right. So – to me, there is no difference in terms of all of the reasons why you hate P.J. Fleck. I can draw very s similar conclusions to your boy Dabo. Sweet. I think there's, I think there's fake humble and there's real humble. 
Oh, and, and Dabo's real humble. He's he's somewhere in between those two. <laughs> so what you're telling me is is that you agree there are no differences, and that you just like one guy. And you know, like I feel what I feel. <laughs> I explained to you my feelings about PJ Fleck. It turns out he likes PJ Fleck too. Yeah. No, I don't. I want Minnesota to win. That's oh, not God. liking PJ Fleck. No, I. It's it's the sprinting on the sidelines. It's the tie. It's I don't know. It just it bothers me. Does anybody berate officials more than Dabo Sweeney does? I mean, I that's kind of so. just the terrain of every of every college football coach. All right. Again, if except for Mike Riley, he never really talked. <laughs> he didn't talk to his players. He didn't yeah, talk to the ref. I don't really know what Mike Riley was doing. Does he still coach? Does he uh, still live in the Embassy <laughs> Suites in Lincoln? I go up as high as they'll let me go every time I'm there to see if Mike's in in the house, and I haven't run into no, he him. He actually yet. is like a quality agent for not. Quality control. Yeah, coach, quality control coach. Quality right. human. Yeah, Oregon State. And they were really good this year. Uh, not last in the Pac-12, I mean. <laughs> Andy, who do you have in this one? I think this is the second toughest game to pick other than that Wisconsin-Oregon game. Just for the fact of Ohio State has looked untouchable. And Clemson has started slow, but then really beat everybody else down like Ohio State has. Um, I mean, Clemson hasn't lost in a long time. Well, I guess they lost every... One one game every year, haven't they? When they've made it to the national championship, um, I let's go Clemson. Uh, and here we're back to me. I'm gonna be a, a solo guy here. I'm taking Ohio State. To be honest, I I got a little nervous. I'm I'm hoping their quarterback is 100% healthy, but I honestly I, I buy into Ohio State and what they're doing and what they're about. Uh, they have studs offensively and defensively. I've yet to see a, a single team be able to block uh, Chase Young. And although it kind of scares me to go against uh, Trevor Lawrence, I, I do think that Chase Young is going to get to him a couple of times, which is something that I don't see a lot of teams in the ACC doing to him. So uh, I, I'm hoping for Ohio State. So I have LSU and Ohio State. I'm assuming we're going to have another pod before the national championship, so I don't want to spoil my national champion. Uh, like Danny did, especially since that buys me an extra week to see who's actually going to be playing in the national championship. Clemson. <laughs> Apparently Clemson. So uh, so there you have it. Those That's our that's our second week, our, our second round of, of bowl pick-ems. I'm, I'm really hoping that when we listen back to it, we're still going to put it up anyways. I'm, I'm hoping Andy's actually audible throughout the first half of it. I'll put subtitles underneath uh, <laughs> closed caption in case yeah. we don't hear Andy. Golly, what a, what a day. <laughs> we won't be able to what read him audio. I've been waiting for like two and a half weeks to do this or whenever our first one was, and Andy wasn't even excited <laughs> enough to turn on his Come microphone. On. <laughs> have you ever hosted your own radio show, Andy? I've <laughs> never Do they have microphones or do you just yeah. have someone that does all that yeah. for you and you just show up and speak into it? I guess I was big time. <laughs> I, I didn't know I was big time until this moment, but I was big time. <laughs> uh, so hopefully if you're still listening to us, you stay with us as we go through some of these growing bands. <laughs> I actually had that written out prior to uh, – Andy's flub here, so I guess if anybody's still listening at this point, text one of us. I, I'm really curious if we, if any of the four of us get a text. So if you're listening to this podcast and you made it here, let us know, please. 
so as always, you can find us on Twitter. Uh, and now we have a, a new Facebook page. If you search out yes. Sing Second on Facebook, we're going to try to be a little bit more active on that as well. I might try to uh, play around with some ads so that we can spam some of your Facebook pages without you guys actually ever listening to us or liking our page. But, hey, we got to take what we can get here. Um, you can find us on Twitter at Sing Second, or if you just simply search uh, Sing Second Podcast, we'll pop up. Uh, go ahead and leave us a review. Send us a conversation topic, or if nothing else, let us know where you're listening from. We'd, we'd love to know kind of how widespread we're, we're actually getting. Uh, I know I got a cousin that keeps sharing stuff out out in Tennessee. Uh, so at least if, if she's doing that, I know we're at least nationwide there. Do we have anybody uh, that's scattered out kind of beyond the web that we actually thought we were going to have to begin with? Uh so yeah, we'll continue to tweet out links to our new episodes, but now you can find us on Stitcher Podcasts and on Apple Podcasts, so hopefully it's a lot easier for you iPhone users out there since you are kind of the bulk of, of people out there. Um, so, all right, gentlemen, it, it's, it's time to share our, our extra points. What is the, the one lasting thought that you didn't have a chance to share on the pod, or what's the one lasting thought that you want to leave our listeners with, probably heading into the New Year's? Hey, my extra point's going to be based off of the old Stag Bowl, and I want to give a shout-out to the late Amos Alonzo Stag, the famous, well-known head coach for the Chicago Maroons. Won the big game in the first-ever game of the century, in my opinion. It's not publicized. <laughs> Versus uh, the point-a-minute Michigan Wolverines, and uh, they won the game 2-0. to zero. Their school president was uh, had cancer and couldn't leave the bed, so he had to listen to it on the phone through his pillow, laying down. Everybody in the stadium went to his house afterwards and sang the school song while he heard it in there. He didn't live much longer. Amos Alonzo Stagg went on to grow and be an elderly man, live a long, good life, had a big house where the neighborhood kids would go play football out there and would tear up the lawn, and every night he'd go back and resob the lawn, and the neighbor said, Hey, Alonzo Stagg, those, you're never going to have a nice lawn if you're letting kids <laughs> trample all the grass. And he looked at him and he said, you know what? I'm not trying to raise a lawn. I'm trying to raise boys into young men. So that's for Amos Alonzo Stagg. Gosh, yeah, really yeah. had, had we known it was going to be something like that, that should have been our last Sorry. extra point. Uh, Danny, what's your extra point? Well, I don't think you guys are going to let me talk about this on any other podcast, so I'm just going to say it right now is that after watching these early bowl games that are lightly populated um, and the weather really, even in like some of the tropical, you know, locations, it's, it's windy, it's raining, it's not that great. So I'm convinced that Lincoln, Nebraska could host a bowl game um, and I want to see that happen. And uh, if we don't ever get to talk about it on this podcast, that's another thing that I want to put out here. Uh, Lincoln, Nebraska is going to be hosting a bowl game at some point in my lifetime. The Sing Second Bowl yeah. game? I like it. I mean, Huddle will probably be oh, sponsoring, yeah. but we can jump in there. <laughs> Andy, your extra point? Uh, to build off Brandon's with the Stag Bowl, North Central beat Wisconsin Whitewater. Um, with North Central's win, I saw this crazy stat on ESPN or Bleach Report, it guaranteed that the last five or six years, a directional school has won a national championship in football. And it was like North Central and, wow, I thought. We get the direction. Yeah. Glad you got your microphone turned on for that, Andy. <laughs> yes! 
I'm also just excited because Temple plays tomorrow, and I don't know. We're starting to get to the good bowl games. So the good bowl games, meaning the other ones that you guys wanted to talk even more about, yes, <laughs> are now over. Yes. Uh, my extra point is honestly, I just can't believe that one fourth of us did not ever turn on his microphone as we started this podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>